0: Spidey senses tingling. Al out. He's the host with a face too pretty for podcasting. He's slim. This is the Paper Keg Podcast, episode
1: 165.
0: Welcome to the show,
1: 165. Paperkeg.com. Just talk about comic books, the three of us together, what we're reading, Uh, and then we read a book club together as friends, and then we talk about that book club, pro-wrestling Andre the Giant, oh, uh, Life and Legend by Box Brown. And then we read your letters live to close out the show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, You know, we're all dancing right now in the Google Hangouts together. Uh, What looks like a white plastic paper bag blowing in the wind is actually one of our hosts. Jonesy loves beer. He's uh, an unpublished writer, never published in his life. Uh, It's probably over. The dream is over. Um, Just give up. Jonesy, welcome to the
0: show. Uh, That's right, folks. Uh, This isn't one of your grandmother's bleached and starched old bedsheets. This is, in fact, my face uh, coming to you live through the Internet. Uh, Like all parents, my dreams are dead and uh, moving on to the next generation. And part of those dead dreams is being here on Paper Keg. And thank you very much for having me.
1: Morbid jokes. Tonight's theme. As morbid as it gets. Dale underscore A Our final living host We used to have another host mm. uh, Mark Farrington DC historian God rest his soul He's dead
0: Rest in peace Mark
1: Now Dale underscore A Podcast Bad boy Oh man Listen to some of those Older episodes My
2: word oh, You will be a Aghast do not, Please do not listen To those older episodes Shooting I, from the hip We were younger Younger Immature yeah. I was just—I would just shoot my mouth, off my potty mouth. Uh, spoilers, family uh, spoilers. I may have uh, matured, but Jonesy's face has always been white as at the day it was dipped in the uh, twenty mule team borax brand.
0: My face is like the wainscot of an old shore, uh, you know, beach house. It's just crackled and peeling. It's terrible. I mean, it's. I mean, I
1: don't even understand the lighting in the room that Jonesy is in. <laughs> it's like he's at the dentist, and
0: they have a spotlight on his face. It doesn't make sense. Uh, what a show! It's like a sepia filter at all times in this room. What a show we have
1: planned. One of the biggest shows we've ever done. If I can be blunt, well, I mean, can I, I think be blunt? You can be. Yes, absolutely. Oh man, Box Brown, pro wrestling, Andre the Giant. You know, I'm in my element right now. Dale, huge wrestling nut.
2: Oh, yeah. You want to talk about late 80s, early 90s wrestling? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. WWE
1: I just, Network.
2: I just busted through my uh, button fly jeans. You know what I mean? Busted.
1: <laughs> oh, gosh. What a show. Uh, the shirts came in. Everybody's what? shirts are in my mm. apartment. Paper keg oh. shirts. They are so stylish. They look. I mean, anyone that wears one of these shirts, get ready. You, yeah, you're gonna look so handsome, mm-hmm. men and women.
2: I can't wait till people get their hands on these things. I mean, we're so proud how they turned out. Mm-hmm. So proud of the, the VP Catcher's of logo.
1: VP of merch, Dale underscore A, mm-hmm. putting this all together. Catcher putting the design together. Guy is becoming a go-to designer to the podcast stars.
2: Good for him. Yeah, he uh, his portfolio, I think you would call it resume. Yeah. Really filling out with some quality work. Is and uh, the we we've sold an impressive number of shirts. More
1: we than more fired. than I ever
2: thought.
0: Are the numbers in? The numbers the final are in. Number?
1: Um it's really internal numbers we don't divulge, Jonesy.
0: Oh, so internal. Uh, so just the members of me yeah, the Yeah, I mean yeah, if, yeah, no. if we not, can also if we, like if we me. can
1: be blunt again. Internal meaning me and Dale. We don't tell Jonesy anything, <laughs>
0: right? I have none of the passwords, folks. So don't worry that at some point all the episodes will be deleted. I, I'm nowhere I remember near. Remember the, that the dark show. days
1: of 2013 where Jonesy was just highfalutin' tweeting from the main account <laughs> like it was nobody's <laughs> business.
0: Listen, much like the alcohol ban, uh, I, I have held steadfast to the Twitter ban. I, all the bans you set up for me, I I maintain. Mm. For I that. think it's
2: only because of your new job you don't get a chance to do it as much. I'm going to be honest. Uh, you know there honest are
0: factors. factors.
1: The factors. job, the job that was mentioned last episode that I had to edit out <laughs> oh, twice. Oh yeah,
0: Ooh. it's tough times. Dale was coming in hot, Vitriol, did, left didn't.
1: and right. That was I was just yeah I didn't mean goofing that. Jonesy. We have a big show to get to, huge,
2: goofing around,
1: <laughs> huge show. Bottom of the hour we'll get into Andre the Giant life and legend. Read it on my Kindle app. Tell you what, <laughs> no single page view. I don't know what happened. I don't oh, know if that's a. It was I don't bizarre. Know if that's a publisher choice. I don't know. We'll, we'll get into it. Jonesy loves beer.
0: Certainly, I am.
1: Vampiro wearing I mean, uh, wearing his gray Hanes tee tonight. His one of three. That what I kind of Green, discounts gray. do you get those in bulk? Do you just order like?
0: Do they make a sixty pack? A variety? They, they make a four-pack of Hanes Tagless tees, uh. and I got three packs back in 2007, <laughs> and I have not looked back yet. When, when the threads finally come apart on these bad boys, I will get a new pack. Perhaps a red. I don't know. Oh, wow. Some different color. Let me tell the non-YouTube watchers,
2: I mean, if you look at Jonesy and his new haircut, if he ran over to the Spirit of Halloween store right now and just picked up a, a canister of the black... <laughs> spray-on color for your hair for your Halloween costume. He, I mean, he's just straight out of Monster Squad. <laughs> <laughs> you mix a, 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 a pale face like that with, some, with blackened Jonesy hair with a huge, gaudy cross amulet <laughs> on your chest. <laughs> but it's not even that. It's that cul-de-sac kind of... Uh, the cul-de-sac. I, I don't are even understand. It. it
1: doesn't make. It's not. It's just like a regular cul-de-sac. But your hair like realizes there's a cul-de-sac, so it, it goes higher <laughs> and then loops over it. I've never seen it before. It's like a it's tree. It's like the headlights
0: on an old Chevy. It just knows. They, they're self-aware. Self-aware oh. cul-de-sacs.
1: Sentient. <laughs> anyway, Sentient cul-de-sacs. Uh, what did you read this week, Jonesy? Please, I want to hear about Got it. it. <laughs> First, if I can guess. Amazing Spider-Man, Spider-Man twenty ninety nine. Are they either of your two books?
0: So let's talk about uh, uh, another book I read <laughs> 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 called Hexed. Boom Studios, issue number one. Mm. Uh, Michael Allen Nelson and Dan Mora on uh, writing and art duties. Um, it's essentially a supernatural thriller with a little bit of horror uh main character named Lucifer who is a young art thief slash witch slash demon we're not sure yet uh but the first issue is a heist book you know she foils a art robbery only to steal the painting herself uh the twist is there's somebody trapped in the art thing that she's taken and uh together with her boss and an intern Which I'm not sure about yet They pull the person out And they also unwittingly release An ancient evil from the same painting Mm. Uh, The issue Ends with uh, Lucifer going to a A harlot The harlot Who is like a Right out of that movie um, Flash dance No no no. What, What is the movie Jenna loves Rocco (laughs) <laughs> we gotta get a new wiki for all the porn movies. We throw, have a uh, wiki. I, I
1: I spent two minutes and I made a wiki and it's collecting
0: <laughs> dust. I knew it would be useless. Any, I don't I, know. That will be my first page. I'll have to go back to the tapes. What is the movie where the guy, it's a horror movie, it's recent, it's got a sequel already. Bordello of blood. <laughs> no, the, the kid is haunted, not the Blackula. house. And the spirit's... Uh, <laughs> Go, I'm I'm tempted to call up the stairs of my wife and ask her the movie that scares the death out of me that I won't watch. The Conjuring? I saw The Conjuring recently. No, not The Conjuring. So anyway, the the harlot is like an old Victorian woman who's like shriveled up and has long fingers and she kind of manipulates Lucifer into going into this, uh, The Shade, which is like that movie's version of The Further. And uh, the main character slits her own throat, falls on a pentagram, and the episode's over. Jesus. Issue's over. It was, uh, I, I feel like there's a lot of supernatural saturation in the comic book market, so it's going to be a while to get my motor running with this issue. Uh, but I like the surprise ending, and I think I'm going to pick up the second issue just to figure out how she gets herself out of the, uh, you know, throat slitting. Wow. Sure. So hopefully uh, hopefully, I'll be entertained, and that, that's going to bug me all night, what that movie is called. Is, this, is it Sinister? Oh, not Sinister. Um, the Grudge. What is... No, no, not Sinister, but it's called something like that. What Emily
1: was the Rose. One, what was the exorcist, one with the um, Ethan Hawke? Was that Sinister?
0: No, was it wasn't. That was. Uh... <laughs> We're pretty terrible at movie titles. <laughs>
1: well, <laughs> yeah, anywho, that's why with, this is not a movie The one with Ethan Hawke had one of the most startling scenes in a horror movie I've ever seen. Uh, my wife just uh, fresh executive produ- producer. My wife, Insidious.
2: That's the oh, one. Go. At in
1: a minute. That's the one. Huge. On Twitter huge. She, she, she probably
0: she probably rolled her eyes and your uh, your that's, ceiling. Yeah, went that's up why we the big
1: bucks over here.
2: Uh, <laughs> sure. She's any- gonna throw her uh, high heel at you in a <laughs> second. You <gotta> watch out!
1: <laughs> is there a high heel on my camera? Is that, is that why you made mention that was happening? Uh, my turn to talk about what I read this week. And I'm gonna break some Nia's to you, if, if I may. I read Andre the Giant yesterday, a day before wow. recording. It, Wait, yeah.
0: Was that the only day Wait you could get into the quiet train? Uh,
2: yeah.
0: I
1: does the Kindle was,
2: app make too much noise for the quiet train? Is that?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I saw the page count and uh, fourth wall. We had planned this to be a book club episode because of the page count. It crossed our internal. Dale and I, Mm -hmm. threshold of what would constitute a book club episode.
0: Just let me interject. Internal does not reflect me in any kind of decision making. Uh,
1: And I blew through it in one commute. Because I I started early. I thought I was like, man, maybe I need two days for this. Wrong. Blew through it. So tonight I downloaded the first trade of Alex and Ada Mm -hmm. from one half of Dale's favorite creative team, the Luna Brothers. (sighs) Uh, you might remember them from The Sword, one of my fave
2: books.
0: I can see him getting all red in the face. He's so upset and by that. The It's uh, just
2: my naturally high blood pressure that I need to see a doctor about and get
0: medica- <laughs> medicated for.
1: Alex and Ada is from uh, I think Josh Luna. And I always see the cover everywhere. I never I never knew what it was really about. But it's um it takes place in in a not so distant future, maybe like twenty twenty, where robots you know, we have, like, robot assistants. So we pay for, like, this Android to, you know, like a Roomba that brings us our coffee. Flat screens are passe. We kind of just have, like, beams of television screens in front of us that show us the weather when we wake up. Um, but now there's a company that has actually managed to create a Android, like a really close representation of an actual human being it looks like a real person but maybe acts a little different kind of like um they're still very subservient they can't think for themselves they do whatever you want so um the running joke in this book is these androids kind of are essentially just elaborate sex toys you know those models that i hear about them is this I've, a I've never book? seen them you can get them in the stores no it's uh the the one character, the main character, is is was separated from his girlfriend, so he's kind of down in the dumps. And his rich grandmother buys him one of these androids. My word! As any rich grandmother should do. And uh, loves
2: her grandson.
1: I'll yeah. He he initially decides like ah this is kind of weird. I don't want this this android sexy woman anymore. So he goes to return her. But then he he has second thoughts. He he compares it to drowning a puppy. So he decides to keep her. But then he hears stories about how androids can get sentient somehow. And maybe he's like, oh, maybe I can look into freeing this android somehow. So the first trade is, you know, the story of him getting this female android and the journey to allowing her to think for herself. I thought it was great. Great first trade. Luna Brother. It's only one half, so maybe you'll maybe you'll like it, Dale.
2: Yeah, I, I, you know, new improved Dale will will give anything a chance, really. Specifically, I think
1: Dale's critique of the sword was, I don't like the way he draws
0: teeth. Why can I see every individual tooth and, in the characters? head? If you want to get it, yeah,
2: every was. individual tooth in their head, the the sword cuts like butter. But more specific, most specifically every individual tooth in every individual person's head was like uh, the old, the next-door neighbor from Beavis and Butthead, the one who always accused the boys of whacking in Australia. You uh, even
1: did like a hick face when you made that voice. You stuck sweat, your head, your I'm chin I'm a total out.
2: character actor. I just get really into you're uh, You're
1: good. You're good, you. I recommend Thank it. You. Try the first issue. See what you think. Okay. Alex okay. plus Ada. It's not N, it's plus. Now, back to Dale. You've been lighting up the social media recently. Um, you boys been whacking in my trailer again. You've been lighting up the impression scene. Yeah. Oh. Do you do an Arnold? I don't think I've heard you do it.
2: No, i I very poor. Very poor Arnold. I don't I have understand. Pride. Only like when Arnold himself... Doesn't sound like Arnold. Like when he's strapped up into the chair of the running man and Bennett is about to send him down the tube. I'll be back, Bennett. It doesn't really sound like Arnold to begin with. That you know, kind of sounds just sense.
1: like a regular Austrian man trying to do Arnold Schwarzenegger.
2: <laughs> yeah. What did you read this week? Uh, I read, listen to me, <laughs> She Hulk. Number 7. Our boy Javier Pulido is back on Art for this particular issue. Nice little one-shot. Uh Jennifer Walters is enlisted by a office mate. She enlists or she leases office space from a building that is very superhero superhuman friendly, you know, so they deal with the insurance costs and stuff like this and uh, an office mate or somebody next to in an office next to her come comes to her pleading that uh there was two partners working on a, a a a method of shrinking down goods for uh to mon- monetize for shipping you know so if you have like a cargo ship full of goods you have to send overseas shrink it down and you're pay next to nothing for shipping and One of the partners went rogue because the other partner was kind of influenced into maybe selling the company for some money. I mean, it's good money they were being offered. So the other partner went rogue, steals the technology, shrinks himself, and is lost in the backyard of the building. And in a very Honey, I Shrunk the Kids-esque adventure, uh, Jennifer enlists the help of Giant Man slash Ant Man and uh, Hellcat. I think is her name. Her mm-hmm. little side superhero sidekick, and they go tramping through the backyard looking for this uh, partner. They find him. He's like he's like hiding in a soda can because of cats and birds. They're very apt to come in and, f- and find small people, and. It's just a great issue. The banter back and, f- back and forth is uh, fantastic. Javier Pulido is perfect for this book. And this this uh, one shot sets up a cool story because it kind of ties into uh, Captain America. Because at the end of the issue, well, somebody comes to her door, Jennifer, somebody's here to see you. I think it's pretty important. You might want to take this client or whatever. And 90-year-old Steve Rogers is in the foyer waiting to speak to Jennifer Walters' ex- Esquire. Mm-hmm. And uh, that that really sets up some intrigue. I'm really interested to see what comes down the line because of that. Uh, folks, if you haven't picked up the previous issues, this is a good issue to start picking up on. You, you haven't missed much. Um, I really like this title and how quirky it is. I like that uh this wasn't this issue it was the last issue, but it kind of reveals a little bit of a secret that the paralegal has with her pet monkey. Oh yeah, I've been wondering was, about that. Was really wild. And uh I, I don't know. It's just it's just a perfect perfect fit in this new Marvel U. Yeah, I love that great. book. Yeah, it really is great stuff. Charles Soul I think will be in Baltimore.
1: Uh oh
0: Soul Man. Or, he probably knows what you look like too, Dale. Maybe I just dreamt it.
1: How many drinks are you going to attempt to buy the Soul Man at Baltimore
0: Comic Con? I will give you Depends a on how many no I have. spill <laughs> guarantee. <laughs> no spill guarantee. Oh, boy. Once upon a time, Ooh. I may have drunkenly spilled a martini on Jill um, Pantosi and apologized for about an hour. Right. Uh, and uh, we'll we'll never buy anyone a drink. Yeah, again. I think
1: that was the last time we ever went to an event together that wasn't a paper gag I w- meetup. I was
0: blacklisted
1: pretty pretty quickly. Pretty sure I said uh, to someone that I follow their Instagram, and then I immediately heard what I just said out loud, and then I immediately walked backward away from that person. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get into the lightning round. Sure, most sure. popular segment. Um, if we could figure out a survey service, we could, we could find out what truly is the most popular segment on this show. If anyone has a SurveyMonkey account they want to just let us borrow, get at us.
2: That'd be better than using this freebie nonsense.
1: Jonesy loves beer. Two minutes or less, lightning round. What's it going to be?
0: Uh, cap 23. Fudge. Actually, no, I can, I could do another book, so... I'll give, I'll give you the you. reins. 47 Ronin. That's a, that's a lightning round book, Captain. Came out with a... <laughs> Just uh, all right, all right. It's okay. Let me go back to the well, guys. Okay. <laughs> no problem. What is this, a podcast we're doing, or are we doing a uh, Critique Loves beer over here? <laughs> My God. Sex Criminals, number seven. Great issue by Rick Remendo. Uh, delving deeper into the lives of the sex police... Love all the places. Hint, hint. This book is going. Must be a uh, must be a hot issue. I did not even know Rick
1: Remender wrote Sex Criminals. I, mean, I have to go get this now.
0: What did I say, Rick? You got me all bent out of shape.
1: Got you fishing out of the well bent. of lies. We went back to the well of lies. I do not even dude. think a Sex issue, uh, Sex Criminals Seven has even come mad out. Fraction,
0: map Fraction. What did I say, Remendo? Listen, both of you is lightning off my D.
1: Captain America twenty three. Rick Remender writing The long Burn story Finally comes to a head In this issue Rucka keg recommendation For Rick oh. Remender's Captain America Slash I really wish Marvel.com Didn't spoil a piece of this issue For me but it's still amazing
0: <laughs> Lightning agree And lightning haters to
1: the left Oh my Jonesy does not speak for the host of Paper Cake.
0: I'm saying it's good, and the haters can get out of here. Lightning. Lightning is what I'm saying. Guys, rogue. Lightning.
2: <laughs> not a comic, but I picked up a pack a of pack the Marvel...
1: A <laughs> ketchup packet that I'm going to review for Lightning Route.
2: The Marvel 75th Anniversary Trading Cards.
1: Mmm. pretty oh. good, actually.
2: Take me back to my childhood. I may buy an entire box tomorrow. Wow. Sh- shuffle
1: through that deck. Let me see the other ones. That Magneto one's pretty boss.
2: Yeah, it's like old and new. Old, there's Boculo there, and whoever that is. In that this is, well, look, my girl. Spider woman.
0: Was that the top card when
2: you opened it up? <laughs> it might have been. I just, I, I mean, I just... Ripped off my uh, outer clothes, like that episode of Save by the Bell when Slater dances in the Max with his leotards on to impress his girlfriend at the time. I mean, the clothes just came off, and I started prancing around.
1: <laughs> did you table? S- did you see the uh, cast shot <laughs> of the TV movie Save by the Bell based on uh, Screech's awful. book? <laughs> Completely awful. We might need to do a podcast about that TV movie. Yeah,
2: <laughs> if you if we do, it would be the best thing ever. I'm going to tell you right now. Love that old school
1: cable right there.
2: Oh yeah, Ooh.
1: Namor. Man, throw that one in the garbage. Hmm. Beast. Okay. You only get five in a pack. How much was days. that pack? Be honest with me. Three dollars and fifty cents. Wow. <laughs> I Whoa. Mean, wow. No wonder you threw your pants off. You had to sell them for gas I money on, I sold them probably the
0: cost quarter of a penny to produce <laughs> Jersey Math
1: <laughs> Andre the Giant Life and Legend by Box Brown we're going outside the box no pun intended I think this book was published by Macmillan not even in the Comicsology app disclaimer I work for Comixology had to venture out, got this on the Kindle app, Amazon.com, Pro Wrestling. Spoilers, I grew up on it since I was ought eight years old. A
0: hmm.
1: couple years ago. Just a couple years ago. Not too long ago. Got my ECW VHSs <laughs> that I burnt to a crisp because I played them so much. Jonesy, what is this book,
0: please? This graphic novel chronicles the early life of Andre the Giant all through his amateur wrestling career, Uh, his conquering of the European and Asian wrestling markets, as well as the alcoholism and personal struggles he faces during this time, and the big break where he goes to uh, New York to wrestle in the States and kind of single-handedly makes wrestling a thing in the U.S. at that time. And it also chronicles the fact that he travels almost every night of the week and how that becomes a crescendo of pain for him as not only his mental health slides, but his personal health with uh, I, I want to say it's giantism. I I don't know the medical term that they name in the book but he gets older and tired and he keeps growing and he's in a, a great deal of pain and he's done much to compromise his personal life but all through it you get the spirit of a man who has a great heart and loves his friends dearly and finally in the climax of the book, you see that he gives the crown, if you will, the pro wrestling crown, if that's what you can call it, the mantle, the symbol of wrestling itself is Andre the Giant at this point. And he knows, as his career is in its twilight, that he wants to give the the power behind the throne, if you will, to his best friend, Hulk Hogan. And you get to see that that pivotal moment for wrestling and his life. And then finally you, you, you see that even after he can't physically continue with wrestling, you know, wrestling is the love of his life. So even in the time when he, he was told he would never live past 40, he still stays in the ring and brings joy to people. And that even at the end of his life, when he was so misunderstood he had such a great person that he was met with such tragedy that it it's truly not a tale of fairness and you see how that even though he was a legend and people loved him dearly and despite his bad behavior he he overcame all those bad relationships and and came out whole that he still never got the the rewards he wanted, which was time with his daughter and Time on his ranch. It's it's really a bittersweet tale, a bittersweet not even life lesson, but a semi-cautionary tale of doing what you love and that taking a toll on your personal life. Uh, Andre the Giant, uh, life and legend, just a superb biography of someone I didn't know that I wanted to know so much about.
1: Yeah, beautiful. Jonesy loves beautiful. Beer. Yeah.
0: Jonesy the giant. Every once in a while I I do my job well. Every <laughs> once in a while.
1: I um thought it was super cool that the artist writer used um he even like referenced like specifically shoot videos, shoot interviews which he uh thankfully described what they are, which mm-hmm. are just wrestlers kind of after the fact almost in their twilight telling Stories about the business on, on the road, and i i don't I never watch those videos just because they're so kind of low budget almost there's just like a fan with a camera recording with this legend kind of on this like hotel chair almost, but I follow and I read like the transcriptions almost of these things they're they're fascinating interviews like you don't get these interviews until they're out of their prime and they're and they're aged really because they keep up that kayfabe as he referenced it in the Ford, which is a fantastic Ford. I loved how he described his kind of love for the person and wanted to do mm-hmm. him justice, and he talked about the references he had in the back, and at the end he said he took some liberties, et cetera. But I thought it was a really interesting way to do an entree the Giant comic book, which I don't, you know, I don't even know how it would be done but he pieced it together with interviews and stories told by wrestlers. And he tried to figure out which story was probably true. If two wrestlers told different versions of the same story. And it wasn't really like a, you know, like a happy ending or a sad ending. It was just the story of Andre and how he became a pro wrestler. I thought it was great. I thought it was just a very different book, but I loved it.
2: Yeah. And it's so the book, is so very unique. And if you would have tried to have me picture an Andre the Giant comic book before this, I would have never even been able to tell you what I could imagine it would be. But what Box Brown did was pretty superb because it it really reads like he's illustrating all these different vocal accounts of the man himself and it pieces together to make this amazing like snapshot of the man's life and but all the all the segments of the book like really feel like they were verbally told to box Brown first and then he like composed the scenes around this story that he soaked up or something like, and maybe they weren't all like told directly to him, but it it definitely feels that way.
0: It, I definitely got the impression that, I mean the, the panels with the exception of his early life were not necessarily moment by moment or rather second by second, like you would read in a normal comic. Uh, it sounded like beats in a conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, as as someone came to a point, uh, there would be a panel, and I thought that type of storytelling was fascinating in a second-hand account story. And I, I really got involved in the way it was told. Uh, but beyond that, I don't know if... The, uh, this is obviously Box Brown's intent, but it really started to build, as I read on, that Despite all the ass that Andre went through, you know he—he's told pretty early on. Uh, I think Hulk in the first—I uh, said it's strange when I say it. Terry, uh, my <laughs> dear friend Terry Hogan, you know he says that. Uh, always everybody always thought that Andre was mean, um, because he had this thing about him—the giantism about him—that made him feel like an outcast. But nothing is further from the truth about his spirit as you read on. He travels so much. He's so out of touch with with like a family life. But everybody he, with one exception, everybody he comes across is treated like instant family. I mean, every almost every story he's asking somebody to drink with him or stay with him or talk for a while or, or sees a stranger on the street and invites them to speak with him. I mean, his very the way he got into wrestling, which is a a hilarious story, is he's at a a restaurant or coffee shop, and (laughs) there's some poor prostitute trying to get a meal. And he's like, I'll pay for a meal if you just have a conversation with me. And then she's like, yeah, you should be a fighter as big you are. And he's kind of, I guess, at that point it germinates for him to go into wrestling. But he's like, what a larger-than-life, and I don't say that as pun intended, I don't say that as a mean thing, Personality really comes through, and he loves people. Like, he loves people in general. And then he expresses that by his individual relationships. And it was so sad the fact that he couldn't find a way to build one Mm -hmm. uh, with his own daughter.
2: Yeah, he, I mean, you could tell that he really treated the people that accepted him as his direct blood. I mean, he loved the people that just would drink and conversate with him and not make fun of him and not talk behind his back, but just, like, be there with him because he's, you know, traveling 365 days a year. He owns a ranch. He ends up owning a ranch in North Carolina that he never gets to go to, and it's like that's that's his happy place, but he never gets to go there. So he ends up surrounding himself with these people that are just willing to be there with him, and he loves it. And despite all the all the flaws, I mean, the guy at one point weighed nearly 700 pounds. Like, when he, when Box Brown writes that he had 40 glasses of whiskey that night, I mean, it's... V- one, Dale said, amateur. That's Jonesy Loves beer level. That's, I mean, it's astounding. Him and Jonesy would just be calling each other boss all <laughs> night long. But uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, he was deeply flawed because he probably had a bit of a drinking problem. But you know, name a bit, name a wrestler says. that doesn't have a and some sort of uh, substance abuse or or uh, abusing something, or you know, their lifestyle isn't optimal. But the lifestyle kind of pushes you towards these. You know, to, to you start exploiting these flaws that you might have because it's the only way you can cope. It's the only way you can get by. I mean, and he, and he was so on top that he's you know he had to have some demons. You know, and he's drowning himself in drink every night and uh, getting up the next morning to to wrestle. Like you know, whether he's hungover or not, he probably wasn't hungover. The guy was huge, having forty whiskeys, but.
0: There's, a, his, there's an anecdote at the end where he says, uh, where they go to give him anesthesia for his back surgery. <laughs> and she's trying to figure out. He says, well, after his first bottle of whiskey, says he feels tingly. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs>
2: but, I mean, he just, he loved people, and he loved that people loved him back, or at least acted like they loved him back. Jonesy, what did you think of
1: the wrestling aspects of it? And, the, and him kind of doing the Usagi Yojimbo translating, you know, definition of, of phrases and, and even the Hulk Hogan Andre match, which I thought was like a masterpiece in comic storytelling of how it happened mm. in real life.
0: Uh, you said it there. I mean, you just echoed my thoughts right there when you said masterpiece. I mean, the climactic, um, match with him and Hogan was, uh, masterfully unfo- unfolded for us by box around, but I, uh, box brown, not box around, uh, But I loved it. I mean, as as not someone who really knows the business and kind of only knows my WrestleMania, uh, you know, watching is is what wrestling really is. For him to kind of surgically deliver notes so that if you're not in it at all, Mm -hmm. you kind of get a feeling for the business. And that kind of echoes Andre's love of the business also. So it kind of goes hand in hand. And you get a feeling that not only does Andre love and protect the business and have respect for it, but so does box Brown yeah. by his attention to detail for people who are just coming into this book. And I loved it. And to your point, uh slim drink, uh, if you're at home drinking, um, I love the match between him and Hogan at the end. There was, and I, and I had never seen it, and I'm sure someone you know, has seen it on YouTube or whatever or the WWE <laughs> network and are very familiar with it, uh, but I was on the edge of my seat yeah, about how uh, that yeah. was going to go, he, and that's it's very tough to convey in a comic, and it was done massively. Me. I mean, what, what Box Brown does for these wrestling
2: personalities and people in the business that a normal reader might know, he didn't have to go out of his way to explain, but when he tells you who Vince McMahon Sr. is and he like builds up, he gives you this backstory in such a way. It doesn't take away from the story. It's like little cliff notes at the bottom of a panel or something. It's, it's superb the way he gives you this history of the business when he didn't have to, but it kind of just adds to the legend of what these people did and how they built Andre up and what Andre did for them. And, like Vince McMahon Sr., like, gave all Andre all these tips on how to make it in North America yeah. and turn him into Andre the Giant. He wasn't Andre the Giant before that, but it helped, like, mold him and, and give him pointers about how, you know, just because he had this athleticism, Andre the Giant doesn't dropkick people. He doesn't, he just stands there and, like, the legend builds because nobody can bring him down. It's, it was amazing uh, reading that because I, within
1: the last couple of months I watched a documentary on the AWA, Vern Gagne was mentioned in the book and Andre had a few matches in AWA and I saw him doing those drop kicks and it was the first time I saw that footage and I was like, Whoa, what is going on here? I don't remember him ever doing that stuff. Mm -hmm. And then in this book, uh, you see that Vince senior molded him that way to make him appear even more menacing, which I thought was genius
2: it 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 was absolutely genius because he's the guy it just builds to this like tense legendary status of nobody oh my god nobody can bring this guy down so when somebody does when hulk hogan body slams him or whatever yeah and and the way that was i mean you guys talked about it but the way the hogan andre the giant match was just described and how you know Vince Jr calls Andre the Giant up and he's he's like pretty much out of it at this point like nobody knows it but Andre can barely stand but he comes out and he's like I'll do it all right I'll do it for the for the, some cash I'll do it to uh ha- you know hand the mantle of wrestling over to Hulk Hogan and him and Hulk have it talk it out and He's just like, I'll last as long as I can, and then I'll just let Terry know when to do his thing. Completely, like, pull the curtain back, but in such a sincere, amazing way
0: for the business and and entertainment in general. Oh, man. It was extremely emotional. Like, I got emotional reading it. Mm -hmm. Like, he's like, I'm going to do what I can, and then it's up to Terry to take it from here and grow it. And I'm like, what a pivotal moment that I didn't even know was out there. And now reading about it, I mean, it's heavy stuff. The Letterman
1: stuff was cool too. The interview where he asked him what he's going to do after wrestling. And <laughs> he was like, almost didn't know what to say. And maybe, and never you know, maybe that. I'll go to my ranch and take care of the animals or something like that. And there was a a few great panels that were gorgeous pieces of art where he was, uh, I think he was sitting by a lake at his farm which was gorgeous, and then the one to the two pages where he feels the call from the woman that had his daughter, and he says he he wouldn't be any kind of father right now, but just the way that that page was composed and made him look larger than life, like he was eighty percent of the screen on that page, mm-hmm. and this little phone was next to him, and then the very next page was him kind of throwing his head back, smoking a cigarette, just looking up in the air. I thought it was just an amazingly poignant page right after that moment where he pretty much denies having a place with that daughter. Um, but there was one other thing that I didn't realize that happened was he quote unquote fought Chuck Weppner oh, the man. eventual Rocky character, I guess, which I had no idea, but I know, yeah. I knew of that event because of the Ali. Um, I think it was Antonio Inoki fight, quote unquote fight pro wrestler versus boxer fight. Um, but that was another great scene that I had no idea of, but he described it in such an entertaining, gorgeous way.
2: Yeah. And, and the way that's described, like he, he describes it and he describes like how clueless Chuck Wepner is through the whole thing. But, but you know, how crazy is that? This boxer
1: didn't even know what was going to happen. He assumed that he was actually going to box slash fight Andre the Giant.
2: Yeah. And... And everybody knew about it, but they, cho- they chose not to tell him to make him f- like to make him convince the audience that wrestling is a real thing, and it's just crazy. And then it and then he drops like so. Chuck Webner was the basis for the Rocky character, but then he's like that fight is pretty much mimicked in Rocky entirely 3. in Rocky Three, where it's Hulk Hogan and Rocky. So, like, the same exact stuff happens. I was just like, whoa, that's some trivia right there. Mm-hmm. It makes me want to go watch Rocky III
0: again. Rocky if, III. If you, if you guys are... I don't know if you have the Kindle app open, but go to page 107. God, more, yeah. Uh And that is... Uh, oh, nice. There is the two-page spread of the of the climax of uh, the Hogan and Andre fight. We're kind of... Uh, I don't know if you can see it. Uh, I apologize to the listeners, but it's a two-page spread. And then that last bottom scene is Andre kind of laying underneath Hogan with an almost smile on his face, (laughs) like, this is the way it should be. If I can get that blown up into a poster, I would hang that on my wall. What a beautiful moment and great understated art. Uh, I mean, this whole volume is some of the best cartooning (laughs) I think that I've ever seen. Box
2: Brown... Bob Brown's illustration of Hogan when that's he's doing right the leg there. drop is absolutely on point. It is. Like <laughs> it, it really, it, is. Hogan's hair like going flowing with the, the opposite way because he's like <laughs> charging down, and his hair's flying up in the air,
1: and his left leg being like angled in such a way that is, that is the absolute representation yeah. of that leg drop.
0: Reminds. Me, is there a, a WWF wrestling game where that's the cover? It might be. <laughs> That Very looks so familiar
1: I also love the the little moment where he referenced Andre winking to the crowd during that match, too. That was another really nice oh, yeah. uh, moment for Andre, just eating it up at that moment in front of all those
2: people. And that's where, isn't it like, uh, it's not in this part of the book, but it is in the book where... There's like there's footage that nobody should have seen in the back where Andre's like pouring champagne over Hogan's head when he gets the belt, like because they're such genuine friends that he was. Oh yeah, was, that uh, led up
1: to the storyline of them becoming enemies. Yeah, amazing. Gem, gem of a book. Oh, one other moment that was really awesome was when he was sitting. Um, I think it was Mandy. Patkin. How do you say his last name? Patank- Patankin? Patankin? Um Where they were sitting, kind of waiting in between takes. They were just sitting together in this boat alone. <laughs> and he asked him, you know, what he thought about these long hours. And he said he loved it because no one looks at me here. And he's just sitting there alone in between takes. So that was another gorgeous scene.
2: Yeah. It was because like- there was there was only a few scenes that kind of displayed the, the monstrosities of you know, just humans being humans, and make just making fun of him for his size or something. They don't know who he is, but they're just ogling him and stuff. And that was a really poignant scene because it it kind of shows that even though it's not represented in the book a whole lot, it really gets to, you know, it really got to him. So he really liked just being in solitude there. Jonesy, <laughs> <Patinkin not judging. laughs>
1: Jonesy if you weren't out of town, I was going to say let's all have a SummerSlam party. Oh. WWE <sighs> Network. God. And just we'll just sit back, relax, and you know, have some cheesy poofs. And just have I fun. wish.
0: I will I will be out of the state, unfortunately. Yeah. Mm, man. Dreams gone. Nowhere near any cities though, so I'll return safely. <laughs> well, thank God for that. Thank God, thank for, God that. for that.
1: Thank God. Andre the Giant. Life? And legend. I'm
2: going to have to see if Box Brown's going to be in Baltimore, because I'm bringing my book down, if that's the case.
0: We got your letters. I'm going to open them up. Farrington's going to read them to you.
1: Letters at paperkeg.com. You shoot us a letter, we might read it on
2: the era. So uh, thanks, fellas. For, oh, as always, ladies and gentlemen, for your letters. They, uh, they comprise the last segment of the show, so it helps us. Uh, hey, guys. Mr. N here. Found your podcast during my summer vacation away from the classroom, and I'm working my way through your back catalog. Again, uh, Mr. N, we touched on that. It was a different person back then. Skip
1: episodes one and two of the audio. <laughs> Listen, mistakes were made. Just go to three. Just
2: go to three. Mm -hmm. Really quick, here's my name five things I love about your show. Number one, Jonesy's constant redlining. Just finished episode 40, and I'm wondering if he has since rectified this problem. Gosh, I hope not. (laughs) Number two, Jonesy slurring two to three words into one long super word. Sensing a pattern here. (laughs) (laughs) Example, (laughs) hold in my heart. (laughs) My mom was in the car and said He kind of sounds like Uncle Tim Side note Uncle Tim was electrocuted a few years back (laughs) Hello side note there Mr. N Three Dale's comparison of Jonesy To the turtle from Neverending Story When he talks (laughs) Painted a great visual image (laughs) Not that it really matters, but yes. Number four, jokes about Jonesy's inability to do anything that requires technology. Example Slim once said if he wanted to share a webpage with Jonesy, he'd have to mail him his laptop while still on. Slim, why won't you help your friend overcome this? Five, And finally, I can't name a fifth, so I guess I lose. Slim remains undefeated in his Name 5 challenge. Keep up the good work. From at NitoNMS on the Twitter. That's at
0: N-I-E-T-O-N-M-S. I I don't know if it's you or Dale or Jim Lynn for Pope (laughs) catfishing me right now, but that was an awful thing to do to a human being. I know my flaws are on display. Letter so Gosh. letter twenty fourteen right now, oh yeah
1: that's, <laughs> and I mean the undefeated streak of the name of the name five, I've never yeah. lost a name five, and it, the trend continues. What
2: Still a pleasure! Still going strong, my friend. Whew. Congrats to you, one
1: hundred and sixty.
0: Next letter. You're like next. You're letter. the
2: Andrea Giant of uh, papercake Name yeah. Five.
0: I have another Give letter, guys. Vodka. Just gonna jump in here. Okay, Jonesy, come on, it's getting riled up, lads. <laughs> I've been remiss in stalking you three, fearful that Dale's newfound elliptical prowess may make it much easier to track me down in the wilds of Glenside. (laughs) I heard about the so-called Galaxy Guardians of Time and Space film and how popular it is. I'm thinking the soundtrack, which just hit number one, the first ever to do so without uh, having any new music on it. Means the time is right for Paper Cake to seize the raccoon by the tail, swing it around and around and around, a walking tree, and do its own soundtrack. Oh, think of it, lads. Just think of the filthy Luke... Huh? Uh, I'm guessing lucre, luke You could secure by possessing tracks from Minnie Ripperton, ABBA, and other 70s giants, back with the finest in rap and hip-hop. I'm thinking uh, we can get Pat Hernandez uh, for a... Uh, <laughs> Uh, an availing party maybe uh, make it happen elsewhere i've enjoyed the show more and more of late you guys have found a solid groove don't ever change paper keg don't go changing just to try and please me okay your pal matt it's at gorilla scribe on the twitter
2: that's a fantastic letter with a fantastic idea we could just come up with a playlist a paper keg playlist of every of all of our greatest hits
1: Uh, Whatever happened to uh, Matt Moore? Matt Moore was going to see us at the meetup, the paper gig meetup three, third ever meetup. We all went out missing in action, Matt Moore.
2: Yeah, Matt Moore, you know, he was better off not seeing me in my finest condition anyway. So, but he does uh, send his apologies. He couldn't make it. I'll tell you what he tried to do. Tell me. He tried to make it out even though he had uh, his daughter's birthday party scheduled that day. So. I mean, he tried. She's gonna to have many out, but... more.
1: You know, who knows how many more paper cake meetups we're gonna have?
2: Oh my God! Right? We're have probably none. How many more episodes we're gonna have? Who knows? If we can have it out in the middle of a cornfield, <laughs> nowhere near the city of Philadelphia, Jonesy's in <laughs> Reading, PA. There you have it. <laughs> Reading's even
1: a rougher spot. Actually, Reading, I think is probably the most dangerous uh, city in America, as far as I have read on the internet. Yeah, so
2: please uh, let Jonesy pick. Slim, you can't. You don't have any say. Next letter, still behind, still a bit behind on episodes. Loved the Fear Agent episodes; such a great book. Looking forward to the Identity Crisis episode. I'm a huge Brad Meltzer fan. I have a first edition copy of his first book, the The Tenth Justice. Was not easy to find. Really liked the twelve issue run he did on Justice League of America. His show, Decoded on History Channel, was good too. Haven't had time to read much this week. Just a few issues of the Star Wars. Reading the original plot of Star Wars has been very interesting. Till next time, guys. At Dragonfro on the Twitter, King of the Letter Writers. <laughs> hashtag RIP Rob Williams. Yeah. He threw that in for a, a friend of the show. Uh, dead friend of the show, Mark Farrington, who once, for the people who don't know, and we made a big stink about it, he watched a fanned, fan edit cut of a, uh, a Dark Knight Rises trailer and Robin Williams was to play the Riddler in this movie because of a fan cut and Mark Felfort, hook, line, and sinker, live on air. It was amazing. We should play. I believe that when he about. sent
0: the link out, he said, "My boy, just forwarded this to me as if it was some secret."
1: Man, yeah. Was it on the show or was it over text? Where he asked us our opinion on how Robin Williams was, was going to be the Riddler?
2: Yeah, if it started over text, but we we organically just threw it right into the show. We had to fodder. bring back
1: on the show. It was beautiful. We actually, I played a clip. Remember Mark's final show before he left us metaphorically physically oh, yeah. both yeah um that's episode 101 we did the return of barry allen we played that flashback and a few others one of a great episode for the for the history books <laughs> i might download that and listen to it on the way to work tomorrow
0: <laughs> 100 101 i think maybe two of our greatest episodes bar none
1: absolutely what, what was episode 100
0: that was where all uh Dale had surreptitiously got all the creators to give us oh, yeah. 10 to 15 that second nice. bumpers. Mm-hmm. That
1: was the last anyone had ever heard of Chris Somney. No one knows what happened to him after that.
0: He's been <laughs> missing
2: for 65
1: oh, weeks. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Jesus.
1: Any other letters? Or was uh King uh the last one? We have
2: uh we got one more letter. Uh-oh. Hot on the wire. Jonesy, you, Jones, you able to get that? or?
0: Uh, hang on. Uh, let me get in here. Let me get in It's here. a long in. Uh-oh.
2: Uh, oof,
0: oof. I got it. Let me just take a swig of water it's Dave Finn? <laughs> King of the long letter right. writers, Dave Finn. <laughs> uh, dear Paperkeg, it's been so long since we last spoke like this. Just over a year ago, to be exact. I've been away, binge listening to the back catalogs of podcasts like Stuff You Should Know and others. But over the past month and a half, I've solely been catching up on the last year of Paper Keg, wow. from Yusagi Ojimbo to now. Now, let me comment on a few things from your past year. First off, the music. When did Paper Keg turn into iPad, iPod underscore A? It took a little while for me to get used to it, but I think it's a nice addition to the show, albeit a sometimes very obscure addition. Secondly, Mark is still dead. Rest in peace, Mark. <laughs> Like most comic book characters, I was hoping we would eventually come back, or at the very least be rebooted. But just like Jonesy working on a comic, nothing. (laughs) Which brings me to Jonesy. One year and nothing has changed. Still blowing out video levels, redlining, jealous of Slimmerdale's friendship. Nothing has changed except the days between the inherited comic tweet asking, could we just be days away from a huge announcement, and today? Which, as of this episode, it is day 755. <laughs> 700- <laughs> 755 days, you are approaching planetary finalization time frames. <laughs> you know, catfishing is not a good thing to do to friends here, folks. Uh, but away from the least favorite host, and on to the all-new friends of the show you have. All these new names and faces that appreciate all you do to their ears but one in particular has a way with words, and that is the one and only Bex (laughs) Gordo. Emails so elegantly put, jet-setting from rooftop parties to (laughs) faraway places, and a Twitter profile pic that looks like a sultry librarian, (laughs) like another old guy at Dale Dale underscore I said about something a few episodes ago, I think I am sprung. (laughs) 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 If this were the
2: late 90s, early 2000s, that's what would
0: have been said. But enough about Bex and I. Back to the show. <laughs> 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 Something new to paper keg. The movie book clubs, from Dick Tracy to Turtles to Cocktail, is an interesting new addition to the show. And since I know a little about comics but quite a bit about movies, I would like to make a suggestion. I came on I came one on TV about two weeks ago called Renaissance from two thousand six, which is a sci-fi movie about twenty fifty-four Paris that was live shot but completely rotoscoped in black and white to the point where every frame looks like a panel out of a comic book. This doesn't look like Sin City where there are famous actors throughout. I am curious to see what you guys would think of the movie. The story and the art style of the movie. Hmm. Oh, yeah, okay. (laughs) But all in all, I'm glad that you are still going strong, that you are uh, back in my weekly mix, and that I have something new to look forward to on my drive to work each week. Much love at J-Man says... P.S. Slim. I'm sorry. P.S.S. S. When I press send on the email, <laughs> the follow time would have passed between Jonesy's inherited tweet <laughs> and now 756 days. 18,131 hours. That can't be right. 1,087,889 minutes. Uh, the incomparable wow. J-Man says wow. uh, long time friend of the show. Uh, very well versed in ball bustery oh yeah amazing one of my favorite uh twitter timeline people it's good to hear from you again friend
1: from the he was he's been from the nerdcast days nerdcast oh, yeah.
0: online podcast he did that armageddon thing for you yeah guys? Amazing. way back in the day
1: he designed the famous nerdcast online logo that was usurped by comedy central lawsuit still they came talk about it oh man
2: an amazing letter amazing letter segment this week yeah we amazing. got some good ones at Jman said it's always it was great to hear from you again Jay Man. he for those who don't know he is the king of like brutal honesty he will
0: eviscerate tear you tear down you.
2: and yeah. be honest and, f- and funny about it but the guy is good it's good to I hear from him guy. again I'm glad he I'm, thanks for listening again man I thought, thought know, he was I dead that. I honestly thought he was dead he's got better things to do
1: what a show! Fantastic One for the books. Show. One for the books.
0: You know, we might have to uh, resurrect that wing column. Can just I just? So can can tear, I tease, it, tear, tear it down with. Something. Can I tease something in our future? Oh man, just maybe.
1: I, I want to tease it. We haven't. We haven't oh. done it in a while. Okay, all right. Tease it. Just, just. I'm just going to say it. We're going to let it sit, and marinate. Paper Keg Nights. coming back paper keg nights (laughs) we'll see everybody next week
0: It occurred to me now that I have no idea where my women's clothes are for Paper Cake Nights three, dude. Your yeah. blouse, my my leopard print blouse, my my black house coat, your Hitman heart, heart glace, glasses. Uh, <laughs> those are still in my drawer right here by mm. the computer. I'll, I'll always have those on the ready. But I can't uh, I can't wear my low cut because I have that huge scar on my chest. Oh, it's the last uh, PK that's night right. suit, can you can't do anything with that. I mean, that's unsightly. <laughs> I, mean, uh, uh, I would have to get some kind of Boostier scenario where I could tuck. I don't
2: know. Sounds to me like you're going to have to get out to the Lane Taylor and pick something else out for the next... Yeah. i yeah. have to
1: get to uh, the Lacey Lady. And a oh, PA. It, uh, well, actually, that's not there anymore.
0: Oh, it's not? The
1: Lacey Lady is no longer oh, a staple of York Road Hatboro, PA.
0: That's a shame. Another one
1: bites the dust. I'm right God. across from our dear friend McDonald's. You know, you're sitting at McDonald's eating a 20-piece nug look across the street. How is it
0: that you haven't lived here in three years and so you know more about the local businesses than I do? <laughs> you see, you know, Lacey lady. You see some sheer tights, mm. some bustiers,
1: and what more do you need when you're chomping on some fries?
0: Nothing.
2: You're just mm. thinking about not driving right across the street there. Nobody will see you go in. Nobody's going <laughs> to see you.
1: You know, I remembered when I was reading Andre the Giant, I was looking back on my pro-wrestling history. And it was it had to have been uh, 1998. Nine, no, yeah, right, maybe around there. I had an HP pavilion, PC. And there was a program, and I, I didn't look it up because I didn't have time, but I used to be, like, really into pro wrestling simulators. And it wasn't like a game. It was you have this library of pro wrestler names, and you can create your own pay-per-view. Uh, with the matches you can have your own guy and then the match happens and it's it's just a text screen and line by line it's a dictation of what's happening in the match and i just used to sit there and do that and watch it
0: what if you can get an app that uh, that gave you text alerts of that throughout the day what do you think? It'd be long yeah we what were you gonna say that'd be the long oh, yeah. just that'd be the longest
2: tap back single, out <laughs> out here. See you guys. that'd be the longest single wrestling match in history <laughs> one match texting you all day long that is simultaneously brilliant and sick you know what I mean at the same nerdy time. that is like hardcore that, that is hardcore nerdy because that's
1: not because I would be like sitting there it's just like a it's like a dot it looked like a dos app I, it right. probably was a dos app I think I used a disc diskette floppy to play it and it would be like, Mr. Perfect mm. goes for the perfect plex. And then th- three seconds go by. Rick Martell comes from the back and breaks up the pin. And I'd be like, what? No. And then Mr. Perfect loses. One, two, three. And then you go to the next one. And there would be like this stunned. simulator where like you follow the... the Or your guy is the champion or he loses. And then you can like, okay, let's set up the next pay-per-view. I can name the pay-per-view like Supermania 7. And then we'll see what happens. Is that an actual pay
2: per view that you maybe that was you called it? Oh,
1: absolutely! I probably called it Supermania
0: one through seven or more. So, what was your your wrestler's name? That's what I want to know. I don't know.
1: I don't remember. I think I've. I don't.
2: I don't know. I have to look back see if I have that diskette. Was do you? Is was there any wrestlers you remember not being in there that should have been in there?
1: You could make your own. You can make your own, and then, like, so I could make, you know, uh, Chris Jericho and say that he's not going to do the lion salt anymore, he's going to do this lion tamer as his finisher, and then he could say, the lion tamer is a submission hold, and it's impossible to get out of, or something like that.
2: That's pretty amazing.
1: Yeah. The
2: programmability.
0: Mm.
1: That was my youth.
2: Not a day. Not a day spent. spent in the sun. I was downloading Jenny McCarthy Playboy videos but you know that's that's just